Welcome to the HIF Player, bringing Harrogate International Festivals into your home. This event was recorded live at the Feakston Old Peculiar Crime Writing Festival. Enjoy. Took me by surprise. That's the longest walk ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that very warm welcome. It's very gratifying to see a full house. Uh, I think this is one of the hottest tickets of the whole festival. I think it sold out within two hours or two days or something. Two minutes, possibly. I like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Um, so I'll start with the introductions. I'm Alison Graham. I'm TV editor of Radio Times. My job is to watch telly all day, every day, and write about it. It's a proper job. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. <laughs> um, I've been doing it for a long time. I've seen a lot of rubbish, as you can imagine. <laughs> but occasionally, I see something very special, which is what happened last year with Broadchurch, oddly enough. Um, it immediately caught my attention. I saw it about a month before it went out on television. Uh, it was emotionally engaging, involving, moving, um, a wonderful sort of story, great acting about the effect on a community of a catastrophic incident, the death of a small boy. Um, great acting, great writing. So let me introduce our Broadchurch people. Uh, where shall I start? The lovely Jodie. Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> <laughs> Jodie, of course, played Beth, um, the grieving mum, yep. which was quite tough, obviously, because you were crying right from the beginning, pretty much, right? Well, you? I had a, a lovely, I think, four minutes in the, open, <laughs> in the first episode before we knew. And so then, and because we shot that actually after we'd done quite a lot of the emotional scenes, me and Andy were a bit over-enthusiastic with the smiling and the laughing <laughs> to just kind of get it to have like a light moment. So, so yeah, and then it was all downhill from there. <laughs> uh, this gentleman is Chris Chibnall, who... Uh, you've written Doctor Who, you've written Law and Order UK, and most recently, The Great Train Robbery. Yes. And uh, Broadchurch, of course, currently working on Broadchurch 2, about which more later. Or not. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a try. <laughs> no, I keep, keep going, it. I think we can play this. <laughs> okay. Chris Chibnall, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> now, this delightful lady, this is Erin Kelly, who's a crime writer. But Erin has written, this is the reason we're here today, really. Erin's written the Broadchurch novel with presumably you leaning over her shoulder. <laughs> I don't know how this works. No but leaning. We'll <laughs> she just did it brilliantly. <laughs> we'll get into this a bit later. But um, the book is for sale here exclusively, I'm told. And there'll be signings after the event, so please all file out at six-ish into the garden and get signed. Um, so we'll talk to you a bit later. But Erin's had uh, The Poison Tree, haven't you, adapted mm -hmm. for ITV? And she has quite a remarkable back catalogue. I advise you to buy them, because she's very clever. Thank you. <laughs> and, of course... Thank you. Of course, Dame Olivia Coleman. It won't be, <laughs> it won't be too long now, Olivia, surely. <laughs> she's won everything. She's in everything. Um, where do you keep your three BAFTAs, Olivia? On the mantelpiece. <laughs> I'm not very cool. <laughs> not in the loo, like Glenda Jones. No, that, that would be me being cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, apart from... Yeah, you were D.S. Miller in Broadchurch. Um, can I assume that you've all seen it and you're not going to go mad about spoilers, are you? <laughs> we're, we're safe here, aren't we? 
Okay. If anybody's up to episode seven, you're in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you had a particularly traumatic time at the end of the series, but we'll come on to that. Um, but of course, we've seen Olivia in many things, Peep Show, Mitchell and Webb, uh, 2012, The acu Accused, rather, Mr. Witcher, Olivia Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> So this is one for the Broadchurch Three, if I can refer to you as that. Um, <laughs> wrongfully imprisoned. <laughs> wrongfully imprisoned, isn't it? When did you realise that it was something rather special? I mean, after it had gone out, or was it while you were doing it? Did it uh, did it strike you that this was something quite different and uh, special? And I take off as it did. I didn't really care if anybody else thought it was special. I thought it was special when I was sent the first episode to read before meeting Chris um, for my audition, sort of audition. Cup of you tea. were auditioning us. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we had a cup of tea. But, um, I, you get a lot of scripts that don't really, don't really do it for you. you know. And every now and then you get one that go, you go, I, just, I want to do it. Uh, what do I have to do to make sure they give me the job? And, um, and luckily we all wanted to work with each other anyway. But it was the first reading for me was special. And I don't think you, you can't really consider whether anyone else is going to like it because then you're... Uh, it's, not, it's not the right way around to do it, I don't think. Mm. But what about the public reaction, Jodie? I mean, it was fairly instantaneous. It became not just a cult hit, it became a big popular hit that um, had lots of people talking, in particular the last episode. Yeah. It was proper, as they say, water cooler it was. It was brilliant. It was quite stressful because <laughs> we had sat... We'd, we'd spent the whole time filming in a kind of state of not knowing everything. And so once we read the final two episodes as a cast and discovered what had happened, that that energy was amazing because you were around other people so you could talk about it. And then suddenly it came out on television and we knew that only the cast and the crew knew the story. And so even, you know, our nearest and dearest didn't know. So it was really hard work. Had it been on over eight nights consecutively, it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. But for eight weeks of everyone and everyone's mate going, go on, just tell me, because if I put 20 quid on it at the bookies, I'm going to make money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sums up my I didn't family. even think of doing that. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, I had a warning. I had an official warning from Kudos, who's the production company, who said, just to be clear, if you did put a bet on it, that would be fraud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it's good yeah, to know. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> so what about you as a writer, Chris? I mean, does it... Did it strike you as you were writing it that, oh, this, this is something rather good? No, <laughs> can you imagine if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> No. I'm brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No, uh, um, no, I think the point, well, I think what Olivia's saying is right, because when you make something, and, and obviously I'd seen it and I'm involved in the edit, mm. and, and you, you can, there's a point in, on shows where you go, it's what we wanted to make, and often that's not the case. You know, there's so many things that can go wrong on a show. Um, and um, so I think when we saw it and watching the rushes and seeing the actors kind of come together as an ensemble, I thought, oh, they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you thought then there was a great atmosphere on set, and that was fabulous. Um, so it was very close to what we all wanted it to be. Mm. I think then the, the, the leap is then when you put it out into the world, it's, there's, a, there's a point where it's your show, and you're making it, and right up until five to nine, you know, the first night it goes out, it's your show, and then it becomes 
a thing, and then Broad Church became a, mm, a big a thing, thing <laughs> which I still don't understand. Mm. And so that was that was a whole different process. Mm. And it was week three when, because actually the first two weeks it wasn't a big deal, mm. and, and retrospectively everybody word says, of mouth, wasn't it? "Yeah." But week three we went up a million in the overnights, which you, n- you never do on episode three. You're normally, you know, retrenching. Overnights are unofficial yeah, sorry, the viewing ratings, figures. TV ratings. Um, and um, that was the point, that Tuesday morning when, it, when that happened. And then there started to be articles in the news section of the papers. Mm. And that was when That's we all sign, started yeah. to go, what's going on? And <laughs> that hasn't really stopped. That still feels the case now. Mm. I don't really know what's happening. So, for, and you, Erin, I mean, watching as a, a normal person. As a normal person with no <laughs> idea that my life, <laughs> that your life would become entwined with this yeah, programme. Yeah, it was the first thing I actually watched for a whole hour without falling asleep after I had a baby. I had a three-week-old baby, oh, I think, God. when it first aired. It's very impressive story. Yeah, <laughs> I know, that's <laughs> very impressive. And, and from, the, from the minute it started, I was completely gripped. Those opening, there's a fantastic opening shot of the coastline. I think you see it just at that, mm. um, that great opening sequence where you've got the camera panning through the town, the mm. empty town. And um, it, it holds on Danny on the beach, and you've got the um, cliff, beach, sea, sky. And then the next shot is of Beth jerking upright in bed. And the way that, it's, the, way that the image is set up behind her, she's got her headboard and a painting, and the colours mm. are all the same, and there's this echo. And I knew instantly... Ooh, really? That we were, I never noticed that. Yeah. I analyse things a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, but I, I could tell instantly that this, you know, the, the value... Someone had really thought about mm. this, and that was before the dialogue even got going. But the strangest thing was that... Um, about 15 minutes in, I got a text from my sister saying, are you watching ITV? This really reminds me of something that you would write. Oh, really? Yeah. It was months, uh, months after the drama had finished yeah. that uh, I got the email asking if I wanted to be involved in the book. But um, I like to think it was a sign. <laughs> yeah. A good sign. So for uh, you, Olivia, and Jodie, did you feel that it was a, sort of a life-changing role or uh, series? Or it was... I, d- I don't know. It's level? quite difficult thing to say because like it's on I mean it was on we shot it it's life-changing in the sense of I've made and we've all made really close friends we've done some really amazing work we can be proud of but I think when for me and Olivia were like we're kind of smack in the middle of hopefully our careers so it's that thing of you you know I suppose at the time I probably thought Venus was the Mm. life-changing thing and then you know, and Tyrannosaur as well. And so there's there's many moments like yeah. that. It's something that, one thing for me, I've done so much stuff that no one's seen. So it was an absolute <laughs> delight that I could be in something and work my ass off and then someone had actually seen it. So, <laughs> so I'm really pleased with that. <laughs> but, but, you know, we're all really proud of it and it's easy to talk about, which is not always the case. Like you say, it's, a, it is, it's an unusual thing, Broadchurch, that we, crew, were really close actors really close, all the producers, all, everyone, all the creatives, it was a very, very, very happy time for all of us. And I think that is sometimes quite difficult when it isn't, when it then becomes quite a big part of your life and you mm. talk about it a lot. But for us, it's easy. We can sit mm. and I'm so happy to chat about Broadchurch because for that, it's been extraordinary. Like we've, It's been an emotionally beautiful time and then has continued to be because we're doing season two. Yeah. Um, was it, is it important to... I mean, it was an incredibly sad and, and traumatic story. I mean, particularly for you two, there's a lot of crying, as we keep saying. <laughs> yeah. A lot of big acting. Um, is it important... <laughs> 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 it's not an insult. It's like, a good... Like, <laughs> like Panto. <laughs> <laughs> but is it important to... You've got to have fun, haven't you? I mean, oh, can you imagine? Otherwise, you'd go mad. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
I think you don't want to do any of this uh, with a sense of method acting. No. You, you wouldn't survive. <laughs> uh, but you, yeah, no, you have to. We, we're all aware that we're pretending. Um, <laughs> so, uh, otherwise you would go bonkers. And that we all uh, loved each other and got on. And, and you, straight after an emotional scene, it takes a little while to come out of it. And then you've got to laugh at each other and go, look at you when you're crying. Look at you, you snot on your face. Are you leaving that there for later? Was that real snot? Yeah, <laughs> it's all real. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's very important. Otherwise, you, you wouldn't be able to do four months of, of no. snotting and crying. <laughs> so, we mentioned series two. Oh, we're there already? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're we filming for it. months on series one. You're filming it now. Yeah, we'll just yeah. briefly get series no, no. two. Just to get it out of the way. Go on, um, <laughs> You're filming already. There's been, I don't know if everyone's seen, what I would consider quite spoilery pap pictures. Um, there's a lot of attention on it. Is that yes. a strange way of working with people lurking oh, behind irritating. Yeah, it's <laughs> quite annoying. Imagine <laughs> if somebody comes to you at work with a big camera like that the and starts ways. going like that while you're working. Mm. Or oh, while you stood in between scenes having your costume checked and someone's in a tree with a long lens. It's offensive and it's irritating. It's incredibly and rude. It isn't, it isn't nice people in the street who want to tell you yeah. that they've, they've seen the show and they loved it. There's no, there's no issue with that. Mm. It's someone making money out of following people down the street, and it's really hard. And they're ruining it for a nation stuff. of people who enjoyed something. Yeah. Mm. You know, potentially, actually, they're idiots, and they've got a lot of those photos which aren't going to ruin it at all. Because they don't. Um, but it's, no. yeah. it's a weird thing to do. It's a bit of a weird thing to put in the papers, because also, it's not like... It's not like we're all sort of, you know, going around in our private lives doing something odd. We're doing our jobs and yeah. people are taking photos of it and putting it in the papers. It's going to be on the TV next year. Mm. <laughs> it's like it's, a yeah. it's, it's not a secret. No, it's, it's not the Manhattan really Project. Is odd, it? No. You know. um, but that's just something we're living with this year. And to be honest, we've shot so much stuff that nobody has a clue what we've shot. Mm. That's the exciting bit. Is yeah. We know what we've shot that will hopefully take people by surprise. Um, I think if you know the show. You know that there are uh, dream sequences, there are different time phases, there's all kinds of things. There are anecdotes that appear on screen as people talk to them. So I wouldn't assume that what's got out there mm. is a huge spoiler, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Well, but you'll know when you see it. You know, I would be. No, it's obviously. It's, on the one hand, it's a bit irritating, it doesn't help great actors work. That's a bit selfish. Mm. Um, on the other hand, it's nice that people care. You know, we've all worked on shows where nobody gives a shit. So, you know, actually, <laughs> the fact that people are interested that we're coming back is great. You know, it's a big compliment. Was it was a series two always planned? Or did ITV ring you up after week three and go, oh, Chris? <laughs> well, I had an idea. I, I'd, I'd talked to them when we were talking about the first one. The meeting we had where they said yes, I'd said, well, and, and if it worked, there's something... A, a story we could do after, uh, and they were sort of, yeah, fine, whatever. Uh, and then, yes, week three, I got an email from Peter Fincham, who's the head of ITV, saying, have you got any ideas for Broadchurch too? <laughs> so I, I, I'd always, there was an idea that I wanted to do after that first story, mm. which we're now doing. And were, were you prepared to go into series two right from the beginning of series one, or Olivia, yes. was that always the... I don't know if I'm the meant idea. to go, no, yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. used to just going, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. not in it, I'm not in it. <laughs> I'm not in it, I might die in it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking to me, what can I say? <laughs> my my favourite bit of this whole process was when I didn't realise that 
David and Olivia been and it was a secret and I outed that. Oh, and seriously? Like, <laughs> oh, that I thought was that something. was obvious. <laughs> and then it was this massive thing of David and Olivia confirmed by Jodie Whittaker. Like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm never speaking again. I loved your paranoid texts after that. Yeah. Really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I didn't know. I didn't know. You were like, oh, I didn't know it was a secret. <laughs> <laughs> we try and keep everything secret, but yeah. um, it was uh, what was in, what was great was nobody normally on a TV show you'd option people so yeah. where they'd have to come back whether they like you or not. Yeah. Um, uh, but actually, nobody was optioned on this show at all. They were just contracted for the first series, and right. what was we sort of I just phoned people up and said, "This is what we want to do," and had you know we had a cup of tea and I told you and we had. A chat in the street outside when we were doing a voice over the DVD oh, yeah. commentary. You were having a cigarette and we were sort of whispering it. I have stopped smoking like now. And then, <laughs> and then people would walk past me like, you think that's the Daily Mail? Uh, so, um, yeah, I was so scared. You had to go. I was like, oh, if we're going to chat about it, you need to come to my house. Yeah. I was so yeah. scared. And a very nice dinner out of yeah, it. <laughs> Not optioning <Good> anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, so um, that's how, how we did it. And, and everybody who, uh, who's coming back. As who we wanted to come back. And back. you've got a few more new people in there. Judging yeah. by that, that one picture that's been officially We've released. got Charlotte Rampling, okay. and we've got Marianne John-Baptiste, <coughs> and James Darcy, and Eve Miles, and some other people as well. <laughs> 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 They're not all in that picture. Uh, yeah, we've got people, yeah. Were people queuing up to take part? They must have been. Were they yes, there was a queue door? outside our house. <laughs> <laughs> I want uh, to be on the show. No, it was, it was a lot e easier... This time, although I mean, well, it, it was you didn't have to explain what the show was. A lot of people no, had seen it. A lot of people. I think what's lovely about that thing of having eight hours is you've got space to develop character. So mm. it, I think actors can hopefully spot that and go, oh, well, that might be interesting. Um, and when I first spoke to Charlotte, it had just been on in France and it had done really well in France. So she'd oh, right. seen it in French. Oh, it was uh, just <laughs> when I rang her up, yeah. She must have been so disappointed when she turned up. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, you I weren't French? Are you? We must have sounded so cool <laughs> in French. She's mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, the Dorset, darling, everything. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so, so people knew, and Marianne had seen it as well. So, yeah. so um, it was good. I mean, we, we aimed quite high because we know, we know we've, there's a bar that we've set and we've got to do something that meets mm. that. And so... People like Charlotte and Marianne and Eve and James are a statement of we're not going to be messing about, we're going to do our best. And you've taken, well, can you say it's a completely new direction, there won't be another body on the beach? It does not open with another body on the beach. Can you imagine, poor old, you know, hardly on the beach? Oh, not again. <laughs> and, the f and that one last year was the first one in ages. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it won't, it won't do that. And talking of secrets, I mean, if we can talk about the very last episode, which Everybody talked about it. The whole country seemed to be talking about it. Was everyone <laughs> sworn to secrecy? I mean, presumably, did you know right from the off who had done it? Uh, or was everybody made to sign <laughs> something? <laughs> even the history's airbrushed. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even tell me that. I can't remember who I've lied to, so I... <laughs> <laughs> I think by this stage, everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when we first met at this, where we had our, our cup of tea, uh, where Olivia came across the room, and myself and Jane Featherston, uh, who's a very you know tough Jane executive, Kudos, which is yeah, executive producer, amazing. we met Olivia, and um, we were so excited about meeting Olivia 
as she walked in for this first thing, we just both went <laughs> like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> we felt, and it was, you know, we were like, oh, God, that's not cool. And luckily, you went like that, that and we were, oh, this could work. But the first thing she said was, uh, I've got two questions. Uh, do, I, uh, do we get them? And can I kick them in the balls? <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> But that last episode was remarkable, wasn't it? And that it was all over Twitter. I mean, you were tweeting along at the I time, was. weren't you? As were most of the country. Wow. Uh, did you all watch it together, or was it a big party? Well, I, it's the, I was say, do you know what? I never watch anything that you're in, like with it being on telly, because you just well, know, you've already seen it usually because you've been to right. a casting crew or whatever. But with this, they didn't want to give us the no. screeners in no. case we lost them or something. So <laughs> none of us had seen it. And so actually, it was the first time I've ever done it where I've watched something as it went out. And um, like I watched it with my husband, and it was it was it was amazing because I like I knew when I was sat like staring at him going, <laughs> like, it's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he was really proud of himself because he guessed an episode earlier. So, yeah, it was just, you know, it was brilliant for that because you just, and you got your phone beeped with all the, you know, everyone who'd been going, oh, my God, I can't believe I was wrong. Or, you know, and it was just brilliant. But my favourite thing about Ep8 was the fact that it actually, a lot of it wasn't, it wasn't like right up until the last second we were trying to find who it was. It was, it was what that does, what, what finding yeah. out actually does. And it. that's yeah. what my favourite thing about the app yeah. was when I couldn't believe when I read it that we found out quite, you know, it, we found out quite soon into it so that mm. then it, there yeah, was yeah, yeah. the repercussions of that, How which is so much more interesting. So. Yeah, because it wasn't just, oh, 10 minutes from the end, oh, it's in, yeah, yeah. Uh, finish. You had a good hour after that, well, in TV Because whenever you do find out who it is, you, you do want to go, why did they, how did they, and so we, we had an hour to explore that, mm. and which I thought was great and cathartic, and you needed it, and uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and that was obviously your deliberate policy, wasn't it? That it wouldn't just be ten minutes, it wouldn't be a sort of Miss Marple, yeah, I mean, I, in the library, it was no, you. No, I mean, you know, especially speaking, I, I'm a huge Agatha Christie fan, oh, and, yeah. and, you know, as I'm sure everybody is here, um, uh, it's very nice to be in this hotel for this, okay. actually. Um, but um, I knew... Because, because the show was about taking a slightly different, maybe more emotional, slightly slower... Uh, Broadchurch is about aftermath, like jo Jodie was saying. Mm. So it's, it's, it's all about what would it feel like, how would it, how would it really feel like to live through that. And so I knew the final episode had to deliver on that. So I knew... So right from the start, I was always saying, no, we'll know at the end of Act 1 of Episode 8, and then we can mm. just... Because we want to be with the people. And, yeah, I didn't want it to be... We had to do something with the form at that stage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was very deliberate. I didn't know whether it would work, and you know, ten minutes. You talk about episode eight. Ten minutes before episode eight went out, I think I was the most scared man in Britain. <laughs> I was. It was oh, like, yes. oh my god, we've got it wrong. It's just <laughs> rubbish. Yeah. And it was really terrible. And I texted the, the other exec, Jane. I think I think we've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> and about half nine, I'd had half a bottle of gin, and I was like, I think it's all right. I think we might get away. With <laughs> it. So the gin worked very well. Were you on Twitter? Were you online? No, I don't do that. I, I, I keep a, hide. I hide for a few days, yeah. and you know, probably next year I'll probably hide for about two months. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, didn't you? Leave, you didn't leave the country, did you? Did no, I misremember that. No, I, no. I was, <laughs> yeah, maybe I was hounded out and wasn't told. Um, uh, no, I might do though. <laughs> Next time, given all this attention. So again, as a normal viewer, um, 
<laughs> I didn't see it coming. You didn't, see, you didn't no. really? No, I didn't have a clue. But I never, I never guess on TV. And I quite like not to, because whenever I'm reading a book, I'm, I can't turn off the part of my brain that's saying, well, I know where I would be taking this. Mm. And I can't stop working uh, mm. when I'm reading oh, any you kind of crime book. And I'm trying to guess and second guess. Um, and it's lovely with TV to just switch off and enjoy it and not try too hard. Obviously, that's been ruined for me now mm. because <laughs> I've spent so long working so closely yes. with the script. Um, Which we'll so come on to very shortly, I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I didn't. I thought it was um, You were Tom. surprised? Yeah. I thought it was Tom Miller all along. I didn't know why, but mm. I thought he had a shifty look Other about people. <laughs> Someone else out there. Right. <laughs> So um, your writing process is quite interesting because when I spoke to you during the series, you were talking yeah. about those whiteboards that you put up in your garden. Big Which I think these people are all right, crime writing fans. Yeah. So can you explain your how uh, you start uh, a plot and how you find yes. things out? Oh, well, out? you started... Well, uh, the way I started this show was... Uh, I sort of... And I was taught this by some American writers who are really smart about world creation. And it was a, they do it very simply, so... Right from the start, it was a sense of uh, you get a big whiteboard. So all my whiteboards are like eight foot by four foot or something, and um, so they sort of dwarf you, which is good. Um, and um, I just put up, okay, there is a it, there is a body found on the beach. Who's affected? And so I sort of put you know Danny in the middle, and then just went right, ha little arrows out, just going, well, who does that affect? So family, police, you know. Journalists, if it becomes a big story, the people. In, so that's you build the world first, and then you go right. So what would these people do, really? And, and in a way, that's the whole show. It's just what would happen if the, if that happens, and everything else is sort of a domino from oh. that first thought. Um, and then in terms of the individual episodes, I work with a really brilliant script editor uh, called Sam Hoyle, and she and I stand in front of these whiteboards. Have four of them, and double side three of them, and they're double sided, and we break down the series. And we break down the, so we break down the series into episodes, and then you break down the episodes into acts. So it's very deliberately storyline for ITV act breaks. So you got little cliffhangers. Oh yeah, you should explain the cliffhangers before um, ad breaks. Yeah. So every, I mean, a thing in ITV. Yeah. So I just, I'm a fan of a cliffhanger. Mm. So um, you hopefully have those little gasp moments at the end of part one and part two and part three, and then the biggest one is the end of part four, hopefully. Um, it does, we, in the read-through, do you remember? When certain things happened in the read-through of this set, all of us went, oh! Yeah, there was, yeah. yeah. And you know, that's just at the point where everyone has a cup of tea and the adverts yeah. come on. There was a, yeah, it was the first point on series two where I thought, oh, maybe we'll get away with this, because, because actually in the room of the read-through, everybody... Yeah. Some, people, some people hadn't read it, and so... Fact. I had read it, but still, re you know, reading it with everybody was yeah, with everyone's emotions. So, if you're writing for BBC, yeah. is it different then? Because yeah, there isn't those. Well, it's moments. another 15 minutes for a start. Yeah, of so, yeah, um, but, but which makes a big you difference could you still to the rhythm. Still write in acts. Yeah, I would, I would do yeah. it. Yeah, but those acts would be longer. But it's, it's like so the writing process is really you just break it down. Wow. This guy, who brilliant guy called Ricky Manning, who's an American TV writer, he just said, it's just the one phrase he just said, you can't eat the elephant in one bite. So no. you just break everything down into chunks. <laughs> yeah. So you break your series down into episodes, you break your episodes down into acts, and then you break your acts down into story beats. And there's six story beats. Oh, it makes me want to write something on this. <laughs> yeah, it's really Doesn't easy. Really <laughs> <laughs> when you do it, it's just maths. <laughs> but oh, you well have, then. But no. then the beats what might become, else. you know, there might be a beat, but it's four scenes, you know, but it's a Beth beat or a, you know. 
So how important it's the monologue is... you were requesting earlier. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole episode. <laughs> so how important was the place? Because I know you live in yeah, Broad I live there. Church, I live, I live in Bridport, which you is... Were determined that it would be there, it wouldn't be in what? Grimsby anywhere. No, no. I, well, I, I did a show before Broadchurch, which made me write Broadchurch, because I had such a terrible time on it. Oh, tell us which one. No. Uh, no, it was called, it was, yeah, it was called Camelot, and, it, and, and <laughs> I had to go to... Dublin to shoot it and it wasn't a happy experience and it was for a US network and um, uh, so I thought I'll write something for myself and I was sort of walking the, those cliffs and thinking oh. it's beautiful here and somebody should really shoot something here and then I thought you're an idiot you've lived here seven years you could have written if for this yeah. Yeah. who lives here <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> so I felt very stupid at that point and um, so then I wrote it with that in mind really just going that's the landscape and when I um, just had the idea for it. Again, plotted it out and wrote it just for myself on spec. Didn't there was no commission. I wanted because I wanted to keep creative control, which I hadn't had on that previous project. Mm. Um, and so it really came about through that. Uh, and then I took I took it to ITV first, and I sent them. I took some photos of the cliffs and the beach, and I put them together on a little iTunes display <laughs> with a bit of. Yeah, I felt really clever for about a day because I'd worked out how to do it. And I put some music over it from the social network, so it was very spooky. And I said, look, that's, here's the script, and here's what it will feel like with these images and this music. And, and they, they were very up for it, really. I'd known them from Law & Order UK, so it came right. out of that, really. I could ring them up and go, I've got a script. There's no company, there's nothing, but it's this. Because the place was one of the stars, really, wasn't it? Particularly oh, yeah. glowing cliffs and... I love that juxtaposition, though, misery in beauty. Yeah. And so, so often misery happens in a miserable-looking place. Yeah. It's, I, I, I loved it for that as well, yeah. for many things, but <laughs> beautiful cliffs and holidaymakers and dead boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's key to lots of really good drama, and especially crime as well, that you get a sense that this could not have happened anywhere else. Yeah. This story was, you know, could only happen here and now, and it's because of the location that the story has the shape it does. Yeah. So how did the novelisation come about then? Um, well, why didn't you write it? Um, <laughs> it's a bit busy. Because I'm not, well, and also I'm not a novelist. So, you know, it's like, there's some really good novelists out there. Why don't we get a great novelist to do it? So that was, that was, that, was why. Was that your, your idea? We'll make a book of it? And yeah, uh, do you know, it was really, uh, it, and this isn't a reason to do anything, but it did influence it, is that um, I, after episode eight, so I had a very big hangover, Mm -hmm. uh, the following morning, and I had to go, and I somehow agreed to do daybreak oh live oh. from the beach at like eight o'clock <laughs> the following one, morning. Oh, yeah. oh no. it's all right for you professionals, but I'm new at this. Never and it early. was so I was there on the beach at eight o'clock, really hungover, um, doing this live thing next to the waves, and I couldn't really hear what Alan Jones and Lorraine Kelly were saying, so I was really in a terrible way. Came off from doing that, and a coachload of pensioners descended onto the beach and uh, like four of them came up and said we just saw you on daybreak <laughs> and she said oh I, and this woman came up and she said oh I love that show I love that show have you written any books is this going to be a book when's this going to be a book oh. and from that really I just thought oh well, it could work and so we just investigated it and we talked to some publishers and there was a brilliant team at Little Brown who, who were very smart about it and, and um, really like what they were talking about. So it, it came from that, really. Yeah. So I don't know where, that woman, I don't know, I, don't know. I suppose <laughs> I owe her some money. <laughs> I mean, you're, a, you're a very successful crime novelist in your own right. I mean, Thank you've got you. your own yeah. voice and your own yeah. style. How 
odd was it to take somebody else's story and Brilliant. people? <laughs> How did you start? Did you oh. watch it hundreds of times? Well, I'd, I'd already seen it twice by then. I was already a fan, and I got. Um, I had to audition. Um, okay. I don't think I was the only one in the running. And my brief from my agent was to turn the first act of Broadchurch mm. into a novel, and see what I see what I could do with that. So, um, so I went. I did that. I spent a few weeks working really hard. And I, from the minute I got the email, I knew that I really wanted to do it. I'd be, I'd be so sick if this was happening without me. Um, so yeah, I went away and I and then I didn't hear back for ages um, about whether I'd got the job. And then I found out that I had. And then I had to start writing it the next day because we had a <laughs> short lead time. So, um, but it was great actually. I mean, on on one really basic level, it was easy because I didn't have to spend any time thinking about character. You know, the characters and the location and the plot okay. were served up on a plate. But technically, it was difficult. It's very. My books tend to have lots of flashbacks and twists and mm. split narratives. Yes. And and Broadchurch is quite classic. The story is quite linear. You know, you start at the beginning with the body, and you progress through a police investigation until you find out who done it. And I'd never written anything like that before. I'd never written anything procedural, so it was um, it was a really interesting way for me to explore that with a bit of a safety net because I knew I couldn't get it wrong because it had already been done to perfection. So how did you what, did you sort of bring her up or Skype or lean over her shoulder or something? No, we just, uh, just read what I'd written. And yeah, I just I mean, yeah. th first of all, I read that first. Uh, those first few chapters yeah. and and they were just incredibly moving and it's what's really exciting about that process is when you've created something I mean, it's a bit like when you give it to actors and then you see the rushes and you're like whoa they've done that with that that's amazing and then but it was the same with Erin with this where stuff came back and I th about particularly about Beth in those opening uh, chapters and you really get inside her head and just some of the language that was used and the it's a very emotional telling of the story. Yeah, there and is that's some lovely stuff about Beth. In it's there, in incredibly it? moving, and so to be moved about something that, A, you've seen hundreds of times, and you know inside out, to feel that it was fresh, and, and that I was learning new things about people I'd, mm. I'd created, in a way, but, but it just felt like Erin had owned it, but what I was really hoping for was that really emotional uh, connection, and that was, it was just there. No, we, I mean, we had, a, we had lunch, and we had a chat, and mm. Erin just asked lots of questions, some really smart questions, and I told her a bit about series two. And, um, and then he dangled a stopwatch before my eyes, <laughs> and, uh, and I forgot it all. So yeah. 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 And then occasionally, occasionally, Erin would go, but if I wanted to, and I'd be like, no. And I can't tell <laughs> you may. why, just don't do that. Um, so yeah, we, we, we did it mainly by email, though. I was, I was facing... <laughs> you missed Olivia's face. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, knows, I, she might know which bit. I did think about doing something very gimmicky with the plot. I don't know if anyone here has read the book that David Hewson wrote. Um, he novelised The Killing. The killing yeah. And he did something very clever at the end, actually, which is um, adding on an extra twist. So he, he does something else at the end that turns the whole book on its head and so it gives you a different experience and I thought I did have some ideas about things that I wanted to do with Broadchurch and think you know ways I wanted to move the plot and in the end I decided that I, I had to leave it that that image of Beth behind the flames you know mm. leaving her on the clifftop at the end which is the only scene I've ever cried while writing mm. I don't oh, cry I when I kill my own um, characters <laughs> when, I, when they're upset but um, there, there you go. With other people, it seems I'm a bit more soft. Oh, I cried while reading it as well. It's, a, it's interesting because I cried at different bits in yeah. the novel. I didn't expect to at all, and, and it's, really, um, it's really moving. So do you hope it will be a companion piece to the TV show, or somebody who's not seen it will 
get something out of it. Yeah, I think it works both ways, yeah. actually. Yeah, my husband hadn't seen the TV series, um, and he, so he read the novel blind um, and said it really worked and didn't guess who did it. So, um, nice. <laughs> but we've, we've done a couple of things, haven't we? There's a couple of scenes that we've put in the book that I know that you couldn't get on screen just for reasons of budget or the actor wasn't available that day. And yes. there's, um, there's one that we've, we've got one or two minor characters who've surfaced. One I'm particularly interested in, the lady with the black veil. Um, who uh, gives you a bit of backstory without turning it all on its head. So there's, there's just been some nice layers I've been able to add in. Because um, the good thing about a book, unlike TV, is you haven't got a budget. So if you want to do something, you know, I could have put some explosions in there. Or there were, yeah, and there were a couple of things where Erin yeah. emailed saying, I'm thinking of doing this. I was like, oh, I wanted to do that. We couldn't afford to. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's a, there's a few things in there. So will you read it? Yes, now, absolutely. Will you buy one today? Well, I've, I've got one. <laughs> but, um, because, well, well, during filming, I can't read anything else. Cause, no, you were saying... Because it you wipe your lines yeah. from your... There's very little room in there. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, as soon as you finish, you've got to learn your lines for the next day. So on your way home, you're learning it. You only get home, learning it, hope it stays in for the next morning. You're redoing it. There's no time to, to read anything else. But it would be lovely to... Yeah, not be learning lines. <laughs> <laughs> um, no I lines for Olivia in the next few episodes. Also, because you're acting with so many other wonderful people, if you do turn up and go, I didn't learn it, because that was reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think <laughs> they wouldn't like it. It's a really good bit. It's a really good bit. I know so we all know what happened, but it was really good. <laughs> so how far through filming for Series 2 are you, can you say? Uh, we're <laughs> roughly halfway. Right, so another couple of months, maybe? Yeah. And then we hope to see it next year. Is that the general idea? I guess so. I don't think it's utterly confirmed yet. Is so it a Christmas special? <laughs> it's not that Christmassy, is it? No, I was going to say. <laughs> Tinsel on the clips. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also involved in the, the American version, Grace Point. A little bit, yeah. Which yeah. We also might get to see next year, I think. I think so, yeah. Possibly. I think it's likely to be bought for So here. can you tell us a bit about that? Because... Is it just the same, but set somewhere dip, set in America, and David Tennant's got an American accent? <laughs> yeah, that's how we're selling it, it, Alice. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it, it starts very similar, and then it, it, it moves to become its own thing, really. It starts very similarly, because I've written the first episode. So, <laughs> oh, right. and it's, you know, so it's very similar. James Strong, who's directed it. I think it was just, there was a lot of interest in it, and it was just the chance to do it in a different place. I knew that landscape very well. Um, just felt like it was quite an interesting opportunity, to yeah. be honest. And nobody had done it before. We didn't want it to be shit, so we took <laughs> a, so we kept a lot of control. Um, and you know that. So so that's it, really. I mean, it's a because you know, the original's been shown over there, hasn't it? Yeah, on BBC America. But I mean, it got it, it sort of played to like yeah, it was incredibly like the critics were great about it. But I think it played to like a hundred thousand people. Mm. So it, you know. It, it's not like the mainstream audience there has seen it, and I know Fox considered showing the original, but didn't think that you know the accents would play. There was apparently. something when we had to go for the TCAs. What's that guy? There was a journalist, in, uh, an American journalist, who said, "Was it based on the American killing?" And oh. Jody went, "It were Danish." <laughs> I was really annoyed. Fucking Danish. And, then, and he went. He genuinely didn't seem to know that. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if... Yeah. yeah. 
Grace Point is, but the next broad church is based on the American Grace Point. Yes, yeah. maybe we can say that. Yeah, let's say that. Because the, the American killing is a case in point. Were you worried that they take something great and just make a hash of it like they did with the American killing? Which was I don't really know cool. the American killing. I know the controversies over it. I don't know the show that well. So uh, uh, I, I just thought, if, I thought we had worked, if you've made a show, you, know, you hopefully know a little bit about what, how it works and what makes it good, and mm. the things, that, it's as much about the things you don't do, do you know, because mm. I had some meetings, there were a few networks involved and uh, who were bidding for it, and, and I had a couple of meetings with potential showrunners, not for Fox, but for some other networks, and some very well-established writers who came along and said, yeah, we'll just make it a bit more soapy, we'll just make it a bit quicker, we'll make it a bit more colourful. Uh -huh. I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> or not. Um, so, so in a way, it's, you know, to... to to keep that pace and that tone and that mm. relationship of character and landscape, that's the point of it. So, you know, we'll see. You mm. know. I mean, I think uh, it, as much as anything, it's, it's for that mainstream American public who haven't seen Broadchurch. Yeah. That's, the, that's the aim of it. Has it got the same music? So, uh, no. The music in our Broadchurch was... Played such a huge part yeah, in it, I think. It was yeah. stunning. Yeah, I used to listen to it while I was writing. Yeah. Ah, was well, I listened to his stuff... While uh, it's pre-Broadchurch, so while I was writing the scripts, and then it was a question of, well, who do we get to do the music for this? So. But it's so clever, because I remember you explained to me that each character had their own sort of theme yes. tune, which I didn't know, but having just watched it again on DVD, I could pick out... I didn't know that. Yeah. No, it, and the end true. song is... I've told you this, haven't I? Oh, maybe I haven't, sorry. <laughs> but the, end, the, the end song is Ellie's song. So it's all from her point of view. Yeah, the yeah, lyrics. Listen to you know the lyrics. That. The no. giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> but the lyrics, I said to you, I think, when we, yeah. I said, the clues in the music, mm. and actually all along that song is about ah. saying, so close, I'm so close to the kid, I'm lying in bed with him. Did you I'm all know close. that? <laughs> 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 there was another panel we did when uh, someone was talking about uh, Hardy and. and <laughs> Um, they said, so obviously you used the name Hardy as, and, uh, you know, because of Thomas Hardy, and I went, <laughs> and Chris went, yes, the whole book is, is a... It's a bit embarrassing. I was discovering things in front of lots of people. <laughs> well, it's question time now. It's coming very quickly. Um, Mike, a gentleman there shot his hand up in a check shirt. First of all, thank you for an extraordinary piece of television that's just amazing, brilliant. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, thank you, that's very nice. Uh, my question is about accents. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a West Countryman, and Huddersfield is a long way from Dorset. Um, <laughs> and yes. I was really impressed. Oh, yay! Come on! <laughs> that could have gone either way. <laughs> I saw you like I that. <laughs> so I'm just interested in the process for both of you in terms of getting prepared for that, because it's really good. Um, I, I, it's a weird one, that, because that for some reason, I went to drama school, and for some reason, as well as RP, which is kind of standard English received pronunciation, which was obviously really important for someone with a very strong dialect, I needed to learn that one. But for some reason, the other one that you always did in plays, because you'll know if you've got a dialect, if there's a working class person in it, they're either from Yorkshire or they're from the West Country. So those are the two, and with, with like, they're like, you could do country bumpkin. I'm like, yeah? They're like, not like that, but like that. And I was like, okay. So for some reason, that accent was one that I seem to have done a lot during theatre at drama school. So 
we did have a dialect coach for the, just at the beginning, not on set, but just to during the read-through so that we all kind of created the same voice. But I also think it's a very personal process, this dialect, and it is very different for everybody. And, and we were very well treated on that because sometimes the process of in, on jobs is enforced on you and it's quite difficult because I think me and Olivia work really differently on dialect and we were allowed to do that differently. So, but I also think accents, you know, I were brought up in Huddersfield and I think if someone sat next to me who's from Huddersfield, they could have a completely different accent because they're from Slough and I'm from Skelmanthorpe. So I do think we are so critical when we're from a place and we're like, oh, that vowel was wrong. And it's like, yeah, but it, just, it, it might not be. And, and actually, Joe Sims, who plays Nige, <laughs> loads of people said his accent was very strong. That's his voice. Yeah. <laughs> That's his actual voice. Born so, and bred in Bristol. Yeah. I heard him in the read-through and went, no one's going to believe that. And then afterwards, <laughs> when we finished, he went, all right. I can't see it. Sorry. <laughs> Another question? It's a long walk, isn't it? <laughs> Hi, uh, this one's to Olivia. Um, being a massive David Tennant fan, was he um, really fab to work with? <laughs> I, always, I always want to really slag him off. <laughs> he's gorgeous. He is. He's everything you could hope for. He's, and the other day, backstage... He won't let mind me telling this because this is very flattering to him. But there's lots of scaffolding backstage. And he did a... Uh, and I went, oh, David, don't do it. Oh, well done. I just didn't imagine he'd be able to... <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was slightly offended that I, I was going, oh, don't you'll do something. Oh. <laughs> and then he, t he said, you have a go. And I literally hung like that. <laughs> I can't do it. I could only lift my chin. He's gorgeous. He's funny. He's, he's, he's always happy. He's brilliant. And he can do a chin-up. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on his CV. Yeah. <laughs> More? Is there anybody at the, that lady down? And people right at the back, I can't see you so at the side, so if you want to ask, <laughs> you might have to can stand you up. move in a bit and wave? Sorry. Um, hello. hello. Um, just a question for Chris. Because um, I can't remember, how many minutes in is it when we find the body and... Had you always thought that you'd have the body there, or did you think you'd hold it back longer? Because I'm trying to think, when was it? Ah, it's well, you first you first see it uh, in probably in about the tenth minute. I mean, you see D Danny on the cliff at the beginning, and you see a sense of maybe him moving towards the edge, but then you um, then you, it's 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 right near the end of the first act, deliberately. And and I think the thing is, the thing I wanted to do was when we when we see it, it's to be with. Ellie, and then first, first with Ellie, and then with Beth. So very deliberately, so that it's not just that sort of standard um, TV cop show. There's the body. There we go. Don't worry. Uh, here are the people. It's. I wanted to tell it emotionally, so so that's why I sort of held off really, so that we could know the world first. That's really helpful because I've just been having an argument with a TV producer who wanted the body straight on, and I'm going. I'm sure in yeah. Broadchurch, yeah. it straight away, and he's like, "Oh, it was." I'm like, "Thank you. I'm glad I've asked the yeah, question. Thank TV you." Producers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was just wondering about what you were saying about the American version. I was in America in April, 
And as soon as I said I was from Halifax, I got a lot of people saying, oh, I've just seen Last Tango in Halifax. <laughs> and they all loved it. And they were all very actually upset that they were going to do an American version rather than just keep with the British version. So do you think it's a network thing that they want to do their own version or is it actually an audience? I think, I think it's an audience. I, mean, I think if you look at the figures, that's what in the end it comes down to. The, the only facts you have is the ratings. And I know the audience was 118,000 across the eight episodes, the average, which is, I, what's the population of America? I don't know, that's embarrassing. Um, but whatever percentage that is, it's, it's basically nobody. Um, so it, it, that's, that's why there was just an opportunity to do it. I think if, if it had had seven million there, although having said that, it got seven million in France and they might do a French version, but that's a different issue. <laughs> um, uh, I, yeah, it just, it just seemed, I'm sure the people who've watched Broadchurch and Love It will feel slightly, oh, well, we don't need it, but there's a whole raft of people who don't know the story and haven't seen it, and it just seemed, just seemed interesting thing to do. Just Hi. keep your hand up. It, it's a question about the uh, shooting of it, the way that you framed particular scenes. Uh, early on, I think the first two or three episodes, you did quite a lot of uh, longish shots where people were framed in windows or from a distance. We got that wonderful shot of Olivia look with, with the dead boy, with the, with the tears running down her face and dripping off her chin. There was quite a lot of framing people in silhouette. Mm. But that then dissipated uh, as we went on through the series. And I wondered if that was just chance or deliberate or it just evolved that way. It, it was very deliberate. Um, it, th there's still stuff going on. I think, I don't think this is a spoiler. I think when you see series two, you might find that that's something that recurs. Um, uh, no, it, very deliberate by the director, James Strong. Um, that sort of framing. I think there's more of it as we go along. You, you might find, I think when different stories come to precedence, they're shot in different ways, to be honest. We talked a lot about the different framing. So in the middle section, you get that Jack Marshall story, which is a, about a slightly different thing. I think come towards the end, you go back to a little bit of that framing. But that stuff is a motif that you'll see continue, actually. Very good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> the lady with her hand up at the, by the window. Oh, um, just, going, next, okay. just going back to um, Grace Point, was there any discussion about taking any of the other actors other than David Tennant over for that show, or was David the only one who wanted to do it? It was, it was mainly David, to be honest, because the, the, the vagaries of casting are that, uh, I don't know if you know many American shows, but... Um, Walking Dead has a Brit doing an American accent. Uh, Elementary does, The Following does, Masters of Sex does, Homeland does. A very short list of actors who can, who can do that part, to be honest. And he would have been on that list. So, um, so no. You know. um, uh, and also, it's an outsider character. You know, it's the outsider character in the show. So, no, not really. Lady um, my question's to all of the panel, including you. How did you feel when you worked out who'd done it? I was really pleased. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't, I, actually, I feel a bit of a fake because I didn't really work it out. I actually had written the first draft of episode one for myself and thought uh, there was, it was a different ending. And then I woke up one morning in a way that nobody ever does, no writer ever does, where you wake up and you go, 
oh my God, it's him. That would mean this and that and this. And so my subconscious had done the work, so I had that kind had of... Had we already started filming? When no, you had no, that? no, it was way before... Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, bit, a bit close to the wire. <laughs> wait, hang on. Wait. <laughs> no, so I had that epiphany and I was really excited. And then I rang people up and said, I think it's Joe. And uh, everybody else went, hmm, interesting. I was like, no, it's not. That's the one. Uh, so, yeah. I don't How know. You you, you, if these two go, oh, shit. I'll be oh, really yeah. cross now. <laughs> Well, now I'm going. This is going back to how much does everyone know that I knew? Or <laughs> <laughs> you did find out that it was. Yeah. You knew my name. Yeah. <laughs> but you know I didn't. I know you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I did know quite a lot at the beginning. Although all along I've said I didn't know anything. Uh, I, None I of us did. None of us. No, I've got a bit. I think if I was sat in a meeting just because we were going to be in something, I think I would have definitely said, I think I want to know that. Because but it, did, because it was early, early when we met. Yeah. Uh, and so I said, oh, I don't know who did it. And so they told me. And then the next day they rang. I went, well, actually, we decided no one is allowed to know. I went, OK. So then I had to pretend I didn't know for the whole thing. And but, it was, but the good thing uh, was that... I, I was, well, in the meeting I went, oh, no! And cried. <laughs> and he went, oh, goody. <laughs> so yeah, it was the first test. You were the first person sort of outside that group yeah. we talked. That's used, we, we haven't told anybody that before. But didn't, so we can now, didn't David find out uh, as well? So accidentally, my agent and David's agent had had a cup of tea. And my agent said, what of course would Olivia knows? And, uh, <laughs> and so David's agent said to David, Olivia's known all along. And he came into my van. <laughs> you fucking, yeah, you fucking, yeah. <laughs> and I, I knew Did instantly. Did he want to know? Huh? Did he want to know? No, I said... And I, he said, you know, you fucking know. And I went, <laughs> and he went yes, oh, my God. And I said, do you want me? No, I don't want to fucking know. I don't want to fucking know. And, <laughs> and I said, but don't tell anybody that I know. No one's meant to know that I, that I know. <laughs> and he went, I, I can't bear it. Because, so, he, yeah. Did the, actor, did the actor play in the killer? Does he know from the off? No. No. <laughs> he didn't no, know. No, he didn't. Oh. oh, no, he really didn't. No, oh, but now good. she's told yeah. that, that makes me look terrible. You and know I what felt happened? awful. We, went, so, going, we were waiting. Hey. Oh, oh, we're in trouble now, arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> this has blown the whole world wide open. Um, Don't, <laughs> no, within just these everybody. Walls, nobody say anything out. <laughs> but he cast did Who? Matthew? No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't know. When I started to suspect him, I started being mean to him in the catering queue. Standing near him, he's a prime suspect. Becca, I was never nice to Becca. Oh, you're still not nice to her. Porks, porks. You won't even sit near her at the read for a while. I was like, when you're in high school, I'll be nice to you today, but then on set, I'm going to be mean. But actually, you asked at one stage because there was the other thing where, where round about episode six, you just said, "I just have to know." That it isn't me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that was another thing was, because it was weird, the way we shot the the uh, the bit on the beach, it, it was written obviously incredibly, but we were given a lot of leeway with it as well in the sense of Chris is a beautiful writer, but he also doesn't tell you how the act, he doesn't tell us actors. It's not like then single tear. It's none of that. <laughs> so it's, just, it's for us to you know the words are there and the story's there, but it's for us to to bring it. But there was a scene, so we shot we shot that. But unfortunately, um, no, we, the, in the, the scene where we're in the sitting room being told by Ellie and Alec that it is Danny, that was the very first day for, for, um, 
for the family. We that was our very first scene, the thing of the whole thing, and all of us lost it. And but actually, in an, a scene later on in the episode, I was meant to say, "I don't know what's wrong with me. I just can't seem to cry." <laughs> and I'd have to ring him after day one and say, "I've ruined it. I cannot. I can't not cry. I can't even." I can't get through scenes. We, I can't look at Olivia. I can't look at Andy. And then, and we just, and so yeah. there was a lot of tweaking with that. So then it got to the point where I was like, if this is me, I need to research some kind of mental illness or something because I can't, I, I feel like this is real. So, and so then luckily he said, it's not me. And he told me it wasn't Ellie or Alec, but it could be anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, yeah. It was just it was that point, uh, yeah, because we were two thirds of the way through and going, it's not that show. Yeah. It's not that show where we would do that. So, yeah. so yeah. Did you guess the ending? Yes. You, I mean, you guessed. Yeah. yeah. How early on? About halfway through. Because oh, it couldn't be anybody right. else. Right. Oh, clever. No. Why not? Why couldn't <laughs> it be anyone else? I think it could have been any of them. Yeah, still. it could have been me. No, I don't know. Oh. I just. I did. Uh, no, there was on on the makeup van. We had a picture of everybody, and everyone put a sticker on who they thought it was, <laughs> and I got one sticker. <laughs> I didn't get any. Oh. <laughs> one, one last question is the one, or not? That lady at the front. Uh, the question, if you didn't hear at the back, was which character did I most enjoy writing, and it was. Um, well, it's a tie. I. Um, Careful, we're both yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, it's, it's a surprising answer, actually. It's neither of you, although you were both very easy to write. And I, did, I enjoyed developing Beth a lot because I think I got to do a little bit more than you saw on screen yeah. um, and made it slightly more evenly weighted towards Eddie. But I really enjoyed writing Karen White, the journalist. Because when I was writing, I had to take the decision to... You have to when, you're, when you're writing a novel as opposed to TV, you have to read people's minds. You have to get in there and show people how they're feeling. So I decided I could only do it from perspectives of people who definitely didn't do it. So I could never go into Mark's mind or Joe's or any of these characters and tell you how they were feeling or the vicar. Um, I had to do all that from the outside. But I decided that I would out Karen as an innocent. And so I got to do lots with her that I really... Um, there's a lot more to her in the book than you get to see on screen. So that was where I really took a lot of liberties. Um, so actually, she was the most interesting one to do. Because you don't see, you don't really know, you never know. Her motives are very opaque throughout yeah. the book. And um, I decided to clear that up a little bit. <laughs> very nicely. Thank you. And I did a terrible thing. I forgot to thank our sponsor at the beginning. <gasps> so I've got to thank the Crime Vault by, uh, sorry, the Crime Vault by Little Brown Book Group. I should have done that at the beginning. I'll now do it again because I have to do it at the end. <laughs> thank you, Crime Vault. Yes. <laughs> thank Brown. you, Crime Vault. And thank you. It's boiling. I know you all want thank to get out. Thank you, Olivia, Erin, Chris, and Jodie. It's been really good fun. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this event by Harrogate International Festivals. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. For more events, recordings, resources, and information about our arts charity, please visit harrogateinternationalfestivals.com. <laughs>